Did you know there was a free five-part podcast series all about classroom management? In this series, learn how I went from using traditional classroom management strategies without a lot of success to becoming a behavior detective. Discover how I help children with root cause of their behavior issues instead of just addressing the behavior itself. If you want to take a listen to this new series, just check the show notes. You're listening to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast, the podcast for quick, actionable ideas and tips to help you up your confidence and joy in educating little learners. I'm your host, Ashley Rives. Let's get to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to episode 64 of the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast, Winter Activities That Preschoolers Love. If you are one of those teachers that loves to get ahead and get your winter planning done before break, or maybe you try to slip it in during break, which I don't recommend because you should be taking some you time, but if so, this episode is for you. There are so many amazing winter activities that we can do with preschoolers, and I have some to share with you today that are definitely student approved. So hold on to your mittens, y'all, because there's going to be enough ideas in here for you to make a significant dent in your January lesson plans. And my goal here is really just to help you gain some ideas, get some new ideas, and really just start building out that lesson plan so that you don't have to worry about it when that new year starts. I'm going to break these activities up into three sections. First, activities for small group, second, activities for whole group, and third, center ideas. Since I'm a firm believer that children should be learning through play, it's the best way that they can, and that our environment is our second teacher, I put a lot of stock into my centers and making sure that they have lots of opportunities while they're in centers to do some amazing learning. So I'm going to share those with you today as well. But let's start with the small group activities. So one of my favorite process art activities for winter is snowman collages. Why? Well, it's because the results are all so unique and creative. But the tip here is to really make sure that you're giving the children the creativity freedom by just setting out the things and not pre-constructing any of it for them and not letting them know exactly what they should be making. So I may call it a snowman collage because when I set out circles, white circles and buttons and tape and craft sticks and googly eyes and puff balls and small pieces to glue, that usually is what comes about because we have also been talking about snow, snowballs and snowmen in our whole group as well. But it doesn't always come out that way. It may not come out as a snowman. So I'm careful not to push this narrative of it has to look like a snowman. No, what would you like to do with these pieces? What makes sense in your brain? Get creative with it. So we've had some items created that obviously weren't snowmen. Some of them are animals. Some of them are monsters. And all that is just fine. So with this collage, I make sure just to put the items out and see where they go with it. So white circles, easy enough. I put out a piece of paper for them to glue everything onto, and then all of the accessories that could go with a snowman, 
And I absolutely love how unique they all are. Because I've given them that freedom to be creative, they really get to shine through here. And that is why it's one of my favorite activities to do in the winter. Another activity we love to do is painting on ice. So I basically just go get some ice out of our um, ice machine that we have at school. And I put a whole bunch in a tub, maybe two tubs, and I get out the washable paint and the paint brushes. And they go to town on painting the ice. So simple for you to set up and pretty simple cleanup too, because I usually just dump it outside. But I love that they organically, we can start talking about melting and mixing and the property of objects and why is the ice melting. I also love that children are being challenged to paint differently. When we use process art and we give them different tools and materials to paint with and paint on, they have to do adjusting. The way they paint on a piece of paper that's flat may not work on a piece of ice. So we're using some of those problem-solving skills of, oh, how do I need to go about this so that it will stick, so that I can cover this whole ice cube? It's a different process than just painting on paper itself. Also, great sensory because we are feeling this cold and we're watching it melt. So it adds that sensory element too. So pretty easy to set up, pretty easy to clean up, but also has some really great benefits. Another ice activity that we love to do is called ice escape. And basically the night before I freeze toys inside a tub of water. I generally like to use things that don't have pieces that could break off. So just like counting bears and, you know, just different um, manipulatives that don't have small little parts that could break off. And I just put them in a tub of water and I freeze them. Then I dump that out onto, you know, another tub or tray so that they are able to get to, you know, the outside of the big ice block. And I give them warm water and droppers and hammers and challenge them to get those toys free from the ice. We've even given them salt in the past and let them explore what the salt and the warm water will do. Love this because not only, you know, are they using those fine motor skills and really working hard at trying to get these items out of the ice, they're also experimenting, they're predicting, you know, you'll hear them say, well, I wonder what the ice will do if I put it on and then hammer, or I wonder what will the warm water will do if I pour it all over, or if I just pour it on the bear. Like you start really hearing and seeing these ideas and hypotheses coming to their mind and being implemented. That's what we want from our little scientists. And this is a great way for them to identify there's a problem and experiment and figure out a solution on how to get them out. Plus, it's always super duper exciting once they do get one out. That is another easy prep activity, as long as you can remember to put it in the freezer the night before, because I struggle with that step. But If you can get that down, this is super easy prep with, again, big results. Another science-centered activity that we like to do is marshmallow stem. So I grab some mini marshmallows and some toothpicks and 
put them out for the children and I give them, you know, each a tray or like a little piece of wax paper and they use the mini marshmallows and the toothpicks to create with. This is a very, very well-loved activity. I am always super impressed with just their little minds and how they can create some of the coolest structures. Then I set them out and I let them dry so that they are a structure. And then if anything kind of doesn't, you know, fit together just right, I try to maybe glue it back in. And we actually hang these on our bulletin board because I just get so proud of them and their out of the box thinking that I want, you know, all the parents and the, and the rest of the teachers to see like what amazing ideas they have that can go so far beyond what we plan for them or maybe, you know, an a craft activity that we do with them. This is just such bigger thinking and thinking and learning that's going to help them way down the road than just, you know, like a cutesy craft. So I really like to put that out there. Look, look what these amazing kiddos can do when given that space. The last small group activity I have for you is one I can't take credit for, My amazing teaching partner put together a slew of winter-themed loose parts, and it was amazing, and creativity really came alive. So basically what she did was she just took one of those wooden trays with the different sections in them. A lot of times they'll come with like Melissa and Doug stuff in them, and we keep them and we reuse them. But she had all kinds of stuff in this winter loose part set. And a lot of it followed the color schemes of blues and purples and whites, which was kind of fun. She had buttons. She had different like gems, like those um, dragon tear gems. But then she also found some like square gems that were kind of see-through that were like more wintry colors. She got out some craft sticks that were um, blue and purple. She had paper clips. She had straws. She had little cups that were blue see-through that we use on the light table usually. She had different pencil toppers. She had little snowflake cupcake toppers that were just on a stick. So much fun. Oh, and one of the big things that they absolutely loved was having pieces of sponge. So that was interesting. Dry sponge. She had just cut it in to, you know, little sections and they used this with a lot of the base of what they were building with. What I loved about this the most was first and foremost creativity, also fine motor, lots of small parts there that they were building with, and also that experimenting and predicting and coming up with these different things that will work. Sometimes they're working on balance, you know, what why won't these two things stack on one another and coming up with different ways to use the materials that they're given as something else, which is so awesome to watch. And since we make sure to keep all these items from year to year, I make sure to take a picture of whatever they created so that they still have, you know, that piece of what they created because they can't always take it home. And it, you know, usually doesn't move well from here to there. And it's intricate, so I make sure that I'm taking pictures of everyone's structure, sending that home so that they can have that to share with their families. All right, let's move on to winter whole group activities. 
I'm going to share three with you. Have a ton that I love to do, but these are definitely my three favorite. So the first is Mitten. The Mitten by Jan Brett is by far one of the best reads for winter, in my opinion. And we like to do a retelling of this story that is a little bit different, and they absolutely love it. So after we read the book, we do a retelling that really gets them up and moving. So first, I create a large mitten shape on my carpet out of masking tape. And I usually do this right in front of them because then they're very intrigued. Like, what are you doing? Why are you making? And can you guess what shape I'm making? And so I make sure it's just a mitten shape, has a thumb, just a mitten. Then I give each child a character from the story. And Jan Brett had on her site many years ago, I'm not sure she still does, but she has pictures of the animals. So I cut those out and um, we take turns. So if I have too many kids in my class, we just reenact it again so that everyone gets a turn. But I start reading this story and we start retelling it. And each child gets to enter the mitten that I've created out of tape on the ground when it is their turn in the story. So they have all these kids fitting in this mitten and they're they're quickly realizing they may have to stand up to get everyone to fit in a way that they can stay inside the mitten, much like the story itself. So then we act out the very last character of the mouse on the little bear's nose and making the bear sneeze and everyone jumping out of the mitten. Obviously, I have to preference, you know, we're going to jump out of the mitten next. So make sure that you're being safe and you're not hurting your friends and all that jazz. But they absolutely love this. And I love that they're practicing the skill of retelling, that comprehending the text and responding to the text and understanding that stories have a sequence. And then also body awareness plays into this also, which is awesome. And if you're looking for this activity or more information about how I use the Mitten book in my classroom, you can check that out in the Winter Literacy Unit. Another activity I do from the Winter Literacy Unit is called What We Wear in the Winter. And this is a shared writing piece. I really like bringing in some nonfiction read-alouds into our units. So we read Hello Winter by Shelley Rotner. Love these because they are, you know, real pictures of real kids doing real things in the winter. After we read this, we create a shared writing piece where children help brainstorm things that we might wear when it's cold. So obviously in these pictures in the book, they have seen things that our children are wearing. And because we're in the Midwest, we experience winter. So they understand some of those things that they have to be wearing. So I write their suggestion up there and then they write their letter that starts their name in the box next to their answer so that that indicates to them that this was their answer. So not only are they working on writing their first letter and understanding that this text is what I said, they're also starting to recognize that we write from left to right and writing is just written words or spoken words written down. So I always try to bring in some sort of shared writing into my units because of the big literacy benefits that they have. Another shared writing experience that we do that can relate with the mitten is called the mitten. And so basically what I do is I write the words, the mitten is. And I also write 
all but the first letter of the color word. So I would write the mitten is, and then I would make a blank and do ED for red. Then at the end of that sentence, I draw a mitten just in black that's like open so that they could add color to it. I usually do as many sentences as I think that they will be able to hold their interest. So I kind of break this up. So if I have 10 students, I might do five sentences because one student could write the letter for the color word and another could color in the mitten. So that would be 10 tasks to really get everybody involved. But basically what you're doing is, is we are reading those sentences and they are helping me add, if it's read, they're helping me isolate that sound, hear it, find what that letter is and how we might write it. So a lot goes into this, but of course I am right there helping them. I also like to have letter cards right there so that they are able to see it and then copy it over. And then I really like adding the color to the drawn mitten itself, just because it helps them later read it as well. You can also write the color words in the correct color that will also help them because then later I use this as a shared reading experience. So we're reading it together. We, we wrote this, now we can go back and read it a different day. So then they are able to help me notice some things about this text, like the first three words in every sentence is the same, the mitten is. So they can start helping me read, and I like to refer to it as reading like a preschooler, because they're just starting to understand how this whole thing works and how letters fit together to make words and to make sentences. And I'm just kind of their guide on this little exploration of literacy. I know this episode is getting a little long, so I want to quickly go through the winter activities for preschool centers because I think that this is also important for you to consider when you're lesson planning. In our sensory tub, we have rice, glittery snow that I just get like at the craft store at the Dollar Tree, snow globes with screw-off lids, which are plastic. I also found those at the Dollar Tree. So those are awesome because they can fill up their own snow globe with the items from the bin. I put polar animals in there, like the little tube animals, you know, and um, I found some acrylic cubes that look like ice cubes, which are pretty awesome as well. So then I create this sensory tub where there's lots of learning that they can do here. We can scoop because I add scoops and tongs and different tools. We can create a scene inside the snow globe. We can create habitats for the different polar animals. There's just so many great things that they can do with these items when again, given that freedom. In the art center, this isn't one I necessarily change real often, but for winter, I do like to add in some themed items to the art center. So just ribbon cut into pieces, anything snowflake shaped, any, you know, snowflake stencils, stamps, stickers, you know, foamies, whatever it is, just add a little bit of newness to the art center while still keeping everything else in there that's always in there. Just gives it a little pizzazz and a little more intrigue so it doesn't get stale. The light table, this one is fun, but I will say it's a little bit messy. 
I add some blue food coloring to a bag of salt, just like table salt, and I mix it around and it'll actually turn your salt blue, which is awesome. And I add the salt to a clear bottom tray, place that on the light table and add a paintbrush. I also will sometimes add some letters or some shape cards that they can kind of mimic. And basically they just use the paintbrush to write letters or draw those shapes And it shows through their paint strokes on the light table because the light shines through. So it looks really neat and fun. And then I teach them how to gently, (laughs) gently the keyword, shake the tray to erase the writings. Does it get, you know, a little messy? Yes. Is it still super fun way for them to practice writing strokes and letters and shapes? Yes, absolutely. So love doing this one at the light table. I also set up several fine motor trays. We love using trays anytime it makes sense, which is quite often. And we have a ridiculous amount of trays in our collection. And, you know, honestly, are always looking for new ones. For winter, we've created many fine motor trays. But um, here's just a couple to kind of get your mind jogging about the possibilities. Created a penguin small world with blocks that were wrapped in white paper, pom-poms, little penguin figures, and this paper mirror that we got with something. They can act out their own kind of small world on the tray with the penguins. We've also used a mancala board. That's that game with the different, you know, like dragon tears or whatever. And we've used tweezers and pom-poms and buttons and dragon tears for them to sort or to just use for one-to-one correspondence or to explore on the board. And that has been another fun way to get them to practice using some tweezers or little pinchers. In the writing center, we do two different things. The first thing that we do is we get out some old calendars because, you know, it is a new year after all, and allow children to explore these calendars in the writing center. They can write on them, they can mark them and explore that calendar. We also tape some foil to a tray and add a dry erase marker and an eraser. And the foil is a fun way to write because it's super slick. And it's just another engaging way that we try to encourage them to write. Then we'll switch out to a writing invitation that goes with the mitten story when we read that by Jan Brad, where children are encouraged to draw something inside of their mitten. If they if their mitten fell in onto the ground, what might come into their mitten? So just a really creative extension to the story and just kind of an encouragement for them to write. We place this in the writing center. This isn't a mandatory thing that we do. I do introduce it during whole group so that they know it's there and they know how to use it. And that usually creates enough interest that they'll want to go and do some creative writing themselves. In the drama center, I have the Winter Wonderland, and I think it's safe to say this is probably one of my preschoolers' top five favorite drama centers that we do. I mean, honestly, who doesn't love ice skating in their socks? Um, We tape a laminated piece of white butcher paper to the floor, and children take their shoes off, and they can skate in their socks. We also have a boxed snowman that I wrap in white paper that they can build and then throw snowballs out, just, you know, the like fabric snowballs. And there's also a hot cocoa stand where they can sell hot cocoa. And then we also have a kid-sized shovel, just a plastic one that they can scoop up those snowballs with. So this one is definitely 
a big fave. Um, I also provide winter clothes for them to dress up in, scarves, mittens, things like that. And they really, really enjoy this one. In the Play-Doh Center, I add glittery Play-Doh. It's basically just white Play-Doh that I've cooked up myself. And I just add some clear iridescent glitter to it. I also provide items for them to add to make a snowman if they choose to make one. Buttons, pieces of yarn, pipe cleaners, googly eyes, things of that nature. In the math center, I always have at least two games that are going on a tray. I love incorporating games. We do games first in small group, and then they go into the math center so that they can play them independently or with a friend and they understand how to play them. These are simple games that I've created. They're not, you know, um, commercial board games or anything. But one is a fill it up game where they is actually a two player game where they are trying to fill up their side of the board first. And the other one is an add one, take one game where they're really starting to understand how to add one and take one away and what those symbols of plus and minus look like. And then this is also a two player game. So always make sure to have some games in the mass center. And last, the Science Center. The Science Center's got a big revamp a couple of years ago. Maybe it was just last year. I honestly can't remember. And each Science Center theme has four different trays. And each tray is different, but is based on a theme. So we do the hibernation-themed Science Centers and the winter-themed Science Centers. So just as an example of things that might be on those trays, in the winter, we have one where they're using a magnifying glass to inspect tiny little pictures of snowflakes to match them to a larger picture. So really using that magnifying glass with purpose. Another one we have in the winter is a look and find. So there is a scene that I put under a bag of gel and they have to move that gel around to try to find different items in the scene. That's also fun because they're really exploring that liquid and how it moves and can be transparent. In the hibernation one, we have a scene where there are different animals hibernating in the places that they would hibernate. And there is Velcro on those pieces so they can match up those animals to explore where animals hibernate in the winter. Both the hibernation and the winter science centers are available in my shop as well as many more, but that's where you can find those if you want a closer look. Okay, that was a lot. I hope you found some ideas that you can just take with you right away and put into your January lesson plans. If you are a visual learner and you want to see each of these activities in action, check out the blog post where I have pictures to accompany each activity. Just head to the show notes at lovelycommotion.com slash episode 6464 and all those pictures will be there. I'll also include a list of resources that I have available for the winter months that might be helpful when you're planning for winter. All right, friends. I'm wishing you a wonderful winter break. I'll be taking off the next week to spend time with my family, but I will talk to you in the new year. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and help more preschool teachers just like you. Keep being lovely. Lovely.